Just a quick heads up before we get started, this episode is not suitable for all audiences. These are adult conversations, and there is the possibility of adult language, so listen at your own discretion. Having said that, it's a great episode, so I hope you guys enjoy. One of the biggest misconceptions is that we come off as being like kind of these edgy people, but then like we're really talking about kind of like some good things, And but I kind of like that. It's like a, an opposites. We're like bringing together opposites. Welcome to the Saul Good Media Podcast, a podcast that explores the nature of human experience. I'm your host, Solomon Harvey, and each week we have a new guest on the show, and we talk about what it is that drives them to do what they do. What is it that gravitates each of us towards our passions? Today I'm excited to introduce Jakey Thomas and Ty Drury from the band Distant Stars, who just released a new single titled The Alchemist. Be sure to check out the link in the description if you haven't already seen their video of The Alchemist performed live at V-Sounds in Gaylord, Michigan. Personally, I think it can be easy for us at times to judge a book by its cover, and that's why I was really interested in having Ty and Jakey on the show today. Whether we like to believe it or not, we all live in different bubbles of information and experience, and sometimes when we encounter something that doesn't resonate with us, it can be easy for us to reject or not open ourselves up to giving that thing a closer look. I wanted to preface with this because, as you'll learn if you continue to listen, Distant Stars touches on a very universal message, but they do it in a way you might not expect. If you enjoy listening to today's podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Media and learn how you can support this show for as little as the cost of a cup of coffee a week. Jakey, Ty, how would you guys like to introduce yourselves? I'm Jakey Thomas. How did I get started in music? Um, I started getting serious when I was like 12, and then I started a punk band with some friends, and that was kind of the dawning, and from there, it just grew into a deeper passion, and I learned a lot more about songwriting and producing and and uh, being a performer. Was that the guitar starting out or bass? Um, well, I started on guitar, but uh, I got a bass because my friend asked if we wanted to start a band and they needed a bass player. So he's like, get a bass, man. <laughs> and I was like, uh, well, kind of wanted to be a guitar player, but I wanted to be in a band more. So took one for the team. And how did you meet this guy? I met Ty. We uh, started playing in Lee Dyer's band, Too Much of a Good Thing. We started playing in that together. I was on bass. He was on lead guitar. And yeah, we were just kind of forced into each other's lives. And then our friendship developed over the next year or two. Yeah, it took us a couple of years before we were like, whoa. Wait a minute. We I really love you. We love each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Ty, how would you like to introduce yourself? I am Ty Drury. I, uh, so I first got into music. There's a, a live DVD, a concert of Led Zeppelin at Madison Square Garden. And it's called The Song Remains the Same. And my dad played it for me when I was, uh, I don't know, nine or ten or something. And seeing John Bonham play the drums instantly made me realize that I was going to be a musician and that I had no other choice. And I started on drums as well. And then I went over to guitar and only really started singing because no one else would do it. A lot like, you know, Jakey's story. We're just kind of forced into our roles. So what about watching him was so inspiring he's uh he's one of the most powerful sounding performers and musicians you can just you can feel the the energy of it and like it's pretty much unanimously agreed on across all fronts that john bonham is the best drummer ever 
and nice. yeah you can hear it and it's just like oh it's blown away. it's crazy good stuff and so through the years you guys have been in a few different pieces together yeah through different few different bands but tell tell us about your project that you're currently working on yeah distant stars is uh totally a super group of local musicians that have played like we have members from olivia mainville's band well they used to be with her and uh and i mean alex uh on drums was in homemade jam for years and that's like a local legend kind of band yeah uh, distant stars i guess kind of started as a like a solo project of mine years ago where i was just kind of doing experimental music just putting it out to whoever on soundcloud and whatever it was all really terrible in retrospect but it was fun and creative but uh that kind of went on hiatus for a while and then i brought it back when i was uh working on my first solo album kind of thing which evolved into more of a band and then in order to play those songs live i really wanted to put a band together but now you know it's not a solo project anymore at all it's like having all these guys and all their talent and creativity it was just an absolute waste if it were to just be a solo project you know because they all add so much and make all the songs that i had already just way cooler and yeah so it's it's been evolving is this your guys's full-time thing right now i mean music music is a full-time thing for us um distant stars because we're all kind of in a different i mean ty and al have the marsupials our bassist and trumpetist trumpeteer <laughs> Tr- uh, <laughs> Trump, uh, horn horn boy <laughs> He's in another band down in Grand Rapids as well, Lipstick Jody. So, I mean, everybody's kind of got things that are, you know, we don't have as much time as we'd like to dedicate to this particular project, but we're all, like, slowly getting into that groove where we're we're getting around each other more, we're getting more gigs, we're, you know, writing more music together. So it's slowly, we're just, like, slowly picking up, it seems like. To become more involved, for sure. Yeah. Is it, like, your main financial means, or... I make most of my money playing with the marsupials. Okay. And I don't have, like, a day job or anything, Okay. So. Yeah, I mean, I make most of my money playing solo. Distant Stars is definitely, uh, has the potential to do so. We just, uh, we're only gigging a couple times a month right now. But it's it's growing steadily, gotcha. for sure. And it's per gig? Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing, I mean, the way that I think about it, a lot of people this doesn't make sense to, but... I don't see myself as like an an entity. I just see myself as a musician. And some someone's like, "Hey, I want you to play bass in this gig." I'm like, "Well, yeah, sounds great." You know, I play mm-hmm. with Chris Michaels on bass, and yeah, it's just a good, it's a great experience to go do different things that isn't your usual act. I'm curious, where did you come up with the name for Distant Stars? Yeah, uh, Distant Stars came from a Gorillaz lyric. They have a song called "Broken," and the opening line he says, "Distant Stars." come in black or red and the way he says it he just says distant stars and he kind of pauses and then he says the next line so it just kind of hangs there and it's a real you hear it as its own phrase kind of thing and i just thought it sounded cool and invoked so much imagery i don't know kind of like a unknown thing but also known you know you see stars every day you don't some people don't think twice about it but when you really think about it and dive into it there's so much mystery and so much depth to the universe and everything so i guess that's kind of the idea there you guys both individually and together have a really amazing stage presence you kind of sort of turn it up on stage i feel like you kind of bring an energy that you don't necessarily see with all types of musicians and i'm i just want to dive into that a little bit today of like how you've cultivated that and where you sort of derive that inspiration from because it's almost outside of playing music yeah it's like a really big energy and like a state that you kind of bring to get your audience 
on that same level and yeah so where did you first see that potentially and it just happened literally i didn't think about it for like the first two years as a musician and one day i was like whoa i can dance on stage <laughs> it literally day and night and then i did it and people were like whoa ty's dancing on stage now that's crazy and i'm like it just kind of grew from there i think the first time i saw you you were wearing like a kimono oh yeah yeah i wore that for like a year <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean jakey I... is a performer though he's like he's more of a performer than any of us like that's one of his main talents for sure yeah i don't know i just i remember growing up playing in my first couple bands and just really feeling it you know always always wanting to do that and finally doing it playing music with your friends just jamming writing your own songs rocking out just feeling it I mean, those are some of my first, like, transcendental experiences, you know, of, like, the mind shutting off and you're just in the now and you're just... So, I mean, that leads to just, you're so deep into it and feeling it that, like, you're just rocking out and you don't even notice. Like Ty was saying, you don't even really notice. And then all of a sudden your neck hurts the next day. You're just headbanging or you're yeah. jumping on things or you're punching. I remember just jamming and punching my bass as hard as I could, just <laughs> being so in the moment and feeling it so hard. So I think that's what it really comes from for me mostly is just a general deep feeling and a passion like of just like you said a greater energy kind of thing like taking over but like ty said once i noticed it i started cultivating it more you know when people are kind of like man i love your stage presence you're always just rocking out so hard i'm like oh i guess i am and so noticing that more i've tried to take on more of a put more of that into the show more more crazy moves and more purposeful things and more uh I still just let the energy take me away, but there's a lot more like that I'm purposely doing now. It's still like really, every time I see so much great music, amazing musicians who are rocking out pretty hard and the guy's just standing there, not even barely moving. And I'm like, it kind of turns me off a little bit. I mean, unless you got a lot of notes you're hitting or something. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Which is a spectacle in itself, but. Yeah, I just, yeah, there's a performance, there, it's a multifaceted, a, a rock concert. It's visual as well as auditory, mm -hmm. you know, so you got to be aware of that. Yeah, I think that's super important. I mean, if you're not, the whole idea of putting on a show, I like to think of it as a show. You go there and you're like taken somewhere, you're transported. It's not just, oh, this song is cool. It's like we all maybe have like a look and a, an aesthetic or a color scheme or something or lights or just something that makes it all this own experience as opposed to being just a collection of songs or whatever mm -hmm. and that has its place too for sure but what we like is definitely a more <laughs> well tell us about your new album well so we had an album come out last christmas okay that was the one i handed you when we got here okay. it's a album and it comes with a ebook like a it's like a novella i guess a short short work of fiction but so they go together um the lyrics kind of correspond yeah or? the lyrics correspond i mean it's not like a very literal interpretation of the story or anything but the mood and some of the some of the um characters and things like that are woven in and out of they're like companions you know but uh that is something we're uh we've had a fun run with we released it on um temporary tattoo sheets so you know you got some cool tattoos on the backs the download code but anyways we do have a new single coming out on new year's day 2019 we're trying to do more singles now as opposed to focusing on an album so that way we can experiment more and, and have more platforms especially <clears throat> yeah yeah we're gonna, so we're trying to just like have instead of worrying about the look and feel and vibe of one whole album it's like each song gets to we get to explore this whole new world with it and maybe a whole new 
presentation of ourselves and we're gonna do a string of singles but our uh, first one will be called the alchemist and that's on new year's day great book and i haven't read it you but uh, read it, yeah. i've been meaning to this this one uh, is more based off a movie called the holy mountain okay and there's a character in it who's an alchemist and he's like this guru guy and nice i mean it's very very loosely based but the song itself is about like transcending suffering or whatever so <laughs> we figured calling it the alchemist was just kind of a cool nod to that whole idea do you both write together or is it a singular we started to okay. at the first at the inception of the band it was all jakey's material okay but then like he was saying earlier we you know we started getting together and we're like wait you know we can do great stuff yeah and, so uh, yeah take us into like a day where you guys are writing together what does that process look like funky riff yeah I expand mean, on it yeah. yeah a lot of times we'll just jam and my life-saving uh tool is the voice memos app on the iphone i love that so it's like if i hear us having a hot jam and nobody's really thinking about it and they don't really see me i'll whip my phone out and hit record because if they see you hit record everybody kind of takes on a different like ooh, we got now we're thinking about it. it yeah so i'll just like try to slip that out hit record and we'll just jam and then you know I, we won't even do anything with it maybe we have a whatever. couple songs from just specifically that yeah one riff that was like cool and then suddenly you know it yeah just comes a whole song you guys singing during this sometimes time? i mean sometimes i'll freestyle some melodies or a lot of times as far as that goes i just sing gibberish or i sing yeah. um just nonsense and just come up with a cool melody and maybe some of that nonsense sticks into the real lyrics but usually it's just to get a melody down and we like nonsense <laughs> but uh so some it's different you know like uh this new song we have coming out the alchemist is a song that actually um you know i came up with like the bass riff and like kind of the main groove like years ago by myself kind of um doing things i probably sh shouldn't talk about but uh you know anyways we had a nice day there all alone and meditating and then Sat down with the bass and then sat on that riff for years, and it wasn't until I just brought it to practice and tie through in this insanely funky guitar riff, and I had this melody finally, and the band just, we put it together, and so, I don't know, it's always kind of different how a song comes about, but... There's a lot of ways. Generally, just, I like to think of it as, like, a, a big bang, you know, you have the idea explosion, and it's just kind of a mess, and then, you know, the cosmic order comes in and creates laws of physics and makes it into a song kind of listen <laughs> back and sort of reformulate yeah, yeah. a little bit you listen back and then you start molding it into planets it's like a and sculpture systems. it's like yeah. you got a big piece of marble and you just chip away at all the parts that are not <laughs> the song until there's a song <laughs> in this phase of you know winter time are you going to plan a tour or are you guys sort of practicing for as soon as it's permissible we'll, okay we'll be touring yeah nice. right i think right now we're uh, just trying to like i said we're doing these singles so we're trying to just really tighten up a lot of these new originals we want to be putting out over the next few months, start demoing some of those. Um, winter is always kind of slow as far as live performance around here. But uh, so we're just taking that, you know, using it to our advantage to get tighter and get our songs ready. And um, we're trying to book as many festivals as we can. In the um, Michigan circuit? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, we'll be back at Farm Fest this year. Hopefully, yeah. we'll be back at Earthwork Harvest Gathering. Nice. Um, festivals are really. We have like really specific ideals as a band and especially Jake and I agree on most things spiritual and festivals are like almost an embodiment of some of that kind of thoughts that we have. Yeah. Because it's just a, a gathering of everything we love, all the people we love, loving each other. And yeah. it's like everybody's allowed to be themselves. And, and that's what it's all about. That's some some adult this. man can walk up to a unicorn onesie and you're just like, hey, brother, instead of being like, yeah. what is up with this? You know what I'm, you know, that's the kind of, uh 
It's almost like our mission statement. In a yeah, way, that's like, why we play music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Make people feel like that. Feel free. Yeah. So whether you're at the festival or you're playing a show, who are you playing to? Have you kind of found your audience that, in terms um, of... It's steadily being discovered. I mean, uh, for some reason, we tend to attract um, what is known as a cougar, um, a 40 to 50-year-old <laughs> good-looking woman. We, for some reason, just attract the hell out of those. I don't know if it's because of our Prince vibes that we throw down. It's something. I'm assuming it's that, but... Maybe it's just repressed people who want to, you know, feel free. That That's, a, that's that. I mean, but I just, I'm, when I'm looking at the crowd, I'm noticing we're really grabbing the attention of the cougars for some reason. Yeah. And then, that's specifically Jakey, too. It's weird. That's... And then we got uh, <laughs> definitely kind of your, uh, the people who feel like they can be themselves when they're hearing us, you know what I mean? Or they see us acting weird and they can let their freak flags fly as well. I mean, so. that's an amazing gift to give people. Cause I feel like I've experienced that at music festivals where you just kind of let loose and you just yep. dance and you just be yourself. And yep. there's nothing more powerful than giving your audience that right permission just by being that yourself. Mm-hmm. Right. I feel like the wilder yeah. we are too, it gives them more freedom. You it's know? easy for people to feel comfortable cause we're doing stuff that's way weirder than they would even ever think about. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so that's the idea about a lot of the the stuff we're wearing and the stupid moves we do and the dumb things we say and just the weird nature of some of our music. Well, you kind of touched on it, but what are some other messages that you kind of put through? Like Ty, you're saying nonsense. You guys like nonsense? But... Yeah. Well, I think there's really a, a an insanely deep and profound beauty in gibberish. Mm. I think there's something about it that hasn't quite, you know, most people don't get. But that's the whole point, is to not get it, you know? Abstract. Yeah. You know, I'm feeling, I've been really feeling, as far as the messages we're putting out and the things we put through our music, you know, I've always felt like being a musician, it was my duty to kind of spread good messages or spiritual truths or these these messages of love or whatever this, I don't mean to sound generic or whatever, but all those kind of things I feel like we're obligated to do. But what I learned over the years is I really hate being preachy or like saying, like having the message be just outright or whatever, like a song that just blatantly says something about spiritual enlightenment or whatever. I prefer to kind of mask it. And what I've realized over the years is that this band, especially is kind of like a, an embodiment of a Zen koan. I don't know if you're familiar with the Zen koan. It's like a, it's like a ridiculous statement that the master would say to the student, like when the student would say, "Master, what is Zen?" And the master gives them this ridiculous statement that the the student toils over and toils over, and then only to realize that they're kind of in Zen at all times. And this ridiculous statement kind of breaks them down into that moment. You know, like a famous one is. Master, what is the sound of, or what is uh, what is Zen? And he says, what is the sound of one hand clapping? And the student just, you know, <laughs> takes that with him. And it's gotcha. like, you know what I mean? And so these, this ridiculousness that breaks you down into that, into that spirituality without having to be preachy or having to tell somebody. It's kind of like when somebody's hurting and you just kind of listen to them or give them a hug. You know what I mean? Instead of trying to give them advice or something like that speaks so much more sometimes than trying to tell them some message or some profound thing that you learned. And I find the same thing in music. Like we could go up there and be really spiritual and say all these things, or we could just show it by just being ourselves and 
being crazy and being wild and like ty said nonsense and people are just confused by it but they're in the moment yeah. we're all in the moment together and we're like kind of tricking them to be in the now like in a way and mm -hmm. it's kind of long-winded but it's yeah. proven successful <laughs> be an example rather than tell exactly right? and it, it took a while because i felt so passionate once i started learning like things about silencing your mind and you know yeah. things like that and being the witness and you it's know it's important whatever. too when you have a platform to talk about injustices in the world as well mm -hmm. you know i mean i hear a lot of people say music and like politics should not be mixed but i mean of course don't get preachy with it like we're talking about but you know if somebody's doing something absolutely horrible you got to use whatever tools you can to educate people about it well i feel like you guys kind of give that outlet to you know be in the now like you're saying you know kind of forget about everything for a moment and just live mm -hmm. for an hour it's two healing. hours yeah yeah tap into the field of love and tap into the field of creativity and what do you think are some really big misconceptions that people have about the music that you play or the personas that you guys are putting on the biggest misconception honestly is just the confusion between bands mm. that's yeah, like because we're yeah because we're in a couple bands with and the marsupials we're and... all in different bands and in the same bands but i just think it it's like the spokes of a wheel you know it's all the it's the same wheel but it's you know different it's a different identity it's a different business honestly i think the another big misconception about distant stars is that we're how do i word this is that we're like inappropriate or something yeah. well we do tend to take a use some strong language and perform without shirts on and very tight leather pants and i get it i get it but like i don't know uh we're we're get i don't know people seem to think that we they're the vast something majority are okay with it, yeah the vast majority are okay with it but are like oh you guys are a little too edgy we've had we've had some gigs where people are like can you button your shirt up and stuff and i'm like um i mean yeah i guess but so what, what would you say to those people then? What do you to think look they're at that missing? Girl over there wearing a crop top and shorts that are literally non-existent. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's I, I. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I can't tell if it's they're just being weird because I'm a dude wearing chick clothes or yeah, something. Right. I don't know. It's weird. Sometimes you you think that I've been in places where they told me to bump my shirt up and I've, then I've gone there on a different day just to have a drink or something, shirt wide open and nobody says anything. So I don't get it. Right. And like it's so, and I realize this is all stupid because what does it have to do with music? And it's my shirt, and yeah, it's yeah, whatever. <laughs> but that's part of the message too. We get a lot of that. We get a lot of that, and uh, like some people are worried about, oh, you you swear in that one song. It's like, but are you hearing the song? Are you hearing what we're saying? Do you realize why I chose to use a powerful word as opposed to something maybe a little more relaxed? And yeah, you know, you know I hate that all of our really catchy songs we've been coming up with. Every one of the hooks is just has a swear word in it, but I'm like, I, it's how it came along, you know? And yeah. If something's vibing, <clears throat> something's coming through the cracks, you got to listen. So to I think it. that's kind of the big, one of the biggest misconceptions is that we come off as being like kind of these edgy people, but then like, we're really talking about kind of like some good things and, but I kind of like that. It's like a, an opposites thing. Yeah. We're like bringing together opposites. <laughs> right. Right. Well, that's the great part about having you guys on the podcast is you get you kind of get to like see a, another side, oh, you know, yeah. and if people get to hear this before yeah. they see you or if they've seen you and then hear this, it's sort of like, what? I this never is, would have expected yeah. that. This you is know? specifically amazing for me because usually I'm asked such the most inane questions that are all the same, you know, like what? Like, uh, like, you know, like, where did you grow up? Or like, <laughs> yeah. you know, just the typical <clears throat> interview questions. Yeah. So it's so nice to have an open dialogue. Oh, definitely. That's the whole point of this thing is, you know, a little bit of a direction, but we really 
I'm I'm just interested in talking as a aspiring musician myself just kind of some of the things that have worked and haven't worked and yeah one of the big questions I was curious about is sort of how do you feel like you define success as a musician I was actually just talking to we him just talking on, the way, on the way here I was like dude you know what we're doing it this is it yeah we've been doing it we're doing it some people don't even have the option to do it but this is us doing it you know yeah the music industry is tough because like your uncle Joe is always going to be like, why aren't you on TV yet? Where, you know, where's your, you know, where's your Corvette, jumbo jet and yeah. all this bullshit. And it's like, oh, beep. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, that kind of stuff is all, like, it's a big misconception. Like, and especially with the modern day music industry, everything's different. And you, it's almost like the huge celebrity doesn't even really exist anymore because there's so many different levels of, you know, you have indie musicians who don't really, nobody on the mainstream knows them, but they have thousands and thousands of fans and they're making full-time livings and their music's getting bought by TV shows and random things where maybe it's not on the top 40 station, but these people have, you know, bought houses because their song is in a commercial or something. I mean, so there's so many different levels nowadays. I think that, more specifically too, like success to me is just like what we talked about, helping people have a good experience. Right be themselves yeah i mean ideally if somebody comes up and says to you hey that show was the best or that song really helped me through something or you know your energy really inspired me to play or something 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 like that's all the biggest success for sure which is like even at the the minimal level that we have of like an audience we have people come up to us that are like oh my god you know you changed my life about this or and that's so powerful it's amazing yeah, that's definitely the biggest thing. And I mean, in terms of, I guess, a more physical or material success, like if you're be if you can pay your bills doing what you love, yeah, you're successful. And I mean, like I don't have a big house or anything, or my car is you know ten years old. I mean, it's not like I'm living large or anything, but I'm eating food. I have clothing. I have a place I live. We're playing shows, and it's all it's all paid for you know i mean i i feel the same way of course we always have loftier dreams of reaching out to bigger crowds and we have inf- affecting more people around the world and having more people hear our music and get involved but uh we're doing it we're already yeah. doing it i mean if we're playing this shows and people are grooving <laughs> that's it nice you know you don't ever people are always waiting for like a big break or something but yeah also that specifically in the music industry isn't a thing anymore i have a lot of people who are older like Oh, a radio rep or a you know studio could come to your show and you'd get discovered. And it's like, that's, yeah, that's uh, that's the '70s. Yeah, it's pretty <laughs> much just hard work now. Yeah. I feel like that maybe happens with certain like videos or like a yeah, little viral. It's, it certainly no, can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The but internet's I know what you yeah. mean. Yeah, it's not yeah. as much as it was. Well, and I've seen even just hooking up with other musicians who are a little bit more famous than us has been like the best way to really get around and get into new markets, new experiences. Mm-hmm. Because if a musician that hears us, that likes us, he's like, well, shit, you know, we'll get you on a gig, you know? Right. And that's great. What is some of the business conversation behind the scenes outside of the music um, creation portion of it? Is it, you know, planning where you're going to go for a tour, um, how we can sort of get this album out to the most amount of people? What are some of your goals? We talk about branding a lot. Hmm. Yeah, just making sure that we're consistent and that people can have a thing to relate to because, you know, 
we'll have so many ideas or I know that's one of my my biggest things is I'm just constantly just crapping out ideas just nonstop <laughs> things that are just so years ahead of myself and it's sometimes nice to have other people be like hey let's put the reins on that and focus on these certain things and yeah it's hard kind of yeah making sure Del- you're staying delegation on track of energy is an important thing mm-hmm. i'm all about time management you know even at practice on a certain level we're like okay we could nail this riff more but we have other we have five other songs to learn so let's, yeah you know and i mean business wise we're always trying to make sure we're coming out ahead of course like yeah because we got to travel to practice with each other travel with the gig and of course there's a period of incubation or getting ready i guess where you're not really going to be even breaking even but yeah sacrifices you know must be made. but uh that's a lot of things we have, we're trying to figure out too mm-hmm. and having a five-piece band it's who can take on what roles and how can we split costs for things and all those kind of things come into it yeah because i imagine as a musician you're that's what you want to do the most of right is play music you know the business kind of yes but maybe not what do you think highly i love the business yeah i love it i love i love emailing people i love talking to venue owners you know i don't mind it at all what's the most demanding of your time when you're doing that kind of thing honestly probably just social media and advertising Mm -hmm. is the most time consuming because i i do graphic design for the band okay nice. so that's incredibly time consuming it takes a lot of time but i give it i love it you know i wouldn't have it any other way what do you think is a like an authentic way to advertise your business word of mouth is my favorite personally because mm-hmm. like i'm a deadhead i'm a fish fan and i know it's a different world now for sure but these bands you know literally did nothing except play a show and then you know word spreads and i love that but that's like my romantic idea you know yeah does that look like walking up to somebody on the street or going to people at the shows and just making sure you're making your rounds i think it's really just playing good shows okay because if you play great shows people are going to tell other people yeah that's true i think that's the root of it but yeah i put flyers up all over town Mm -hmm. and you know we pay for facebook targeted ads and stuff like that yeah, I mean, I personally would love to focus just on the music and creative aspect. Like the other day for this um this new single, I went to the craft store and bought like a bunch of glitter and paint and papers and made like this 3D diorama and stuff that we took a picture of for an album cover. Like spending my time doing that kind of stuff, being creative. Um, Like I said, I have a lot of ideas. So anytime I can just sit down and work on ideas or watch something come into fruition or be working on the music. But the modern day industry for an independent musician, you have to be your own kind of manager and your own thing, which is really hard as an artist, unless you're, I mean, at least for me, um, the whole self-discipline aspect and being self-employed, it's like, well, I could either just sit here at my house and it's so hard. Like it's your office is your house. It's hard to get motivated sometimes. And like, it's like, Oh, I got to go go record in my studio but my studio is also my basement my basement also has a giant bong in it and there's so many you know what i'm saying like there's so many things that can it's hard to to just be like all right i have to go downstairs and i have to email a bunch of people and it's business time and it's but then you'll see the guitar and you're like oh but that thing is just calling my name and see i used to have a manager and my when i had this band the cookies and we were getting really successful and we had this manager and she was taking care of all that stuff for us. And that was the first time in my life I was able to just, we were just able to write, record, practice, be really tight. 
make videos of ourselves that we were able to share online and do all these little things that we weren't bogged down by having to do all this business stuff that, you know, yeah, it's kind of hard for me to do. That I sounds like, like you it. got a good partner <laughs> think, in crime. Yeah, no doubt, man. I think Wolfpack is a really great example of this because yeah. Wolfpack plays amazing music and they're great, but I think the reason they're so successful is because of Jack Stratton's genius marketing strategy mm -hmm. which is well what really broke him out was the sleepify album which is i know this but tell people who don't it's, it's just tracks of silence that they asked their fans to put on while they slept so it generated all this revenue and they went to each of the cities where the most plays were on a tour on a free tour for the fans so they conned this this you know great big corporation and that's just amazing you know I got him some good press. That's not music. That's, you know, that's business right mm -hmm. there, which is amazing. But it was also a, a creative artistic statement, too. Yeah, for sure. Just making a silent album and making people listen to it. Well, because streaming services are, you know, they kind of screw over musicians. Because mm -hmm. you make a small percentage, right? Per stream or something. Well, like I think it's like point zero 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 to use Jack's, of a cent. To use Jack Stratton's word, it's a fraction of a pity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What else do you think, like, if you look to Wolfpack for inspiration and stuff like that, what do you think um, is going to be sort of the next thing for you guys to... I'm not sure specifically, but something different for sure, mm -hmm. you know, something new. Yeah, being different and all that is definitely a huge part of it. Like, uh, yeah. that's why we put our first album out on those tattoo sheets, you know, instead of like, we decided to do a digital download, so it could have just been on a card. You know, we're kind of thinking, what kind of like artifact could we put this on to make people want to buy it more? You know, and and the story that it comes with, the girl has tattoos on it on her body that she did herself. So we're like, why not do a tattoo sheet? You know, kind of tie it all together. So like keeping things different, and interesting. Now, granted, we're on a smaller scale, so um, we're in that phase where your coolest ideas don't really seem as cool to anybody else yet because they don't know <laughs> you yet. So that idea didn't really that that whole album didn't really take off but uh but that, it was, was the idea was there that too though because <laughs> because none of us had really even played on the album so it's just easier for like a band when everyone has a stake in it you know mm -hmm. which we totally did but you get more of a stake when you like record a track with, right you know your which i think too is what breeds the diehard fans is when you really yeah you know you're at the live shows and you're just sort of there from the beginning mm -hmm. i i'm curious outside of um, it could be inside of this band that you're currently playing as together or outside. What has been the best show you've played? It can be individually and why Farvest dance pavilion. Is this going to be a collective a, answer? That was a good distant star show. I yeah. I think probably the most exciting crowd wise. Okay. Just because everybody's grooving, you know? So what was it? Farm fest? You said, yeah, it's a music festival in Johannesburg, um, in August. And yeah, there's this dance pavilion. We played late at night and we've steadily been growing in popularity there. So people were kind of excited to see us. So we already had kind of a, a queue of people there. And then yeah. once we got going that, yeah, the whole pavilion was just packed. And once when it's packed and everybody's just having that much fun, you know, you're twice as, I mean, I'm always trying to put on a good show and dance around and be energetic. But when people are really giving it to me, I am just, it was electric. Yeah. So that was amazing. That what are you guys amazing. feeling before the show? I try to not think. I try to, if like we're in a city or something, I try and take a walk around the block, 
sometimes I sit in the van for 15 minutes and close my eyes and don't talk to anybody. That's yeah, my ideal. I need to do that more. But usually I'm just talking to people and getting a drink or whatever. You know. Yeah, unfortunately we don't have the... I mean, not unfortunately. I love mingling with people and meeting new people, but it is nice when a venue or something has a green room. That you can spaces. kind of set up and go zen out. And then kind of... I feel like it kind of takes the magic away too when you're at a bar or a club and you're talking to everybody and then you go up and play as opposed to you just come out and play and they don't really even know you yeah. and mm-hmm. they don't have any preconceived notions based off your personality or it's like that build up yeah well it's like if something's further away you don't understand it it's more interesting you know mm-hmm. once you know something so deeply on like a you're just like oh it's just which again in the modern music industry you have to like just go out and talk to everybody mingle yeah. you can't just be like prince and like hide and nobody knows anything about you and so mysterious which would be great you know i'd love that <laughs> like i obviously love connecting with humans and all that but something about a band that is larger than life and has mm-hmm. this mystery and as opposed to you know instagramming every one of your practices or something yeah well it's interesting that you guys say that because i feel like when i did the podcast with the accidentals i felt like i was seeing their music when so i did it right before their show and i was kind of the only one that had had that deep conversation with them before they played and i was just kind of like whoa i I feel like i can see you guys more than this person next to me because i i know this person and sure that's kind of added to the magical but i see what you're saying too of this mystical i think if you would have interviewed us right before a show you would have got some more more gibberish more gibberish more peculiar answers yeah yeah we're always excited and just being stupid and yeah a little bit more playful banter probably (laughs) but it's really good to get you know some smooth honest answers because this is really how we feel yeah and then i wanted to counter that with what is the worst show you guys have played I mean, I've had a lot of bad shows. I mean, I've been so many acts. We're and... always really critical. Um, yeah, and I mean, most shows I play, I walk away from like feeling like, ah, you know, that could have been better. Which yeah. I mean, can get old, sure, but uh, the worst show I can think good. about is with the marsupials at Bliss Fest on Sunday. Ooh, I was part of that one. That one because I I lost my voice completely. I couldn't sing anything, so we're left with an hour and fifteen minute set of like what do we do you know i tried singing some of it we actually did some stuff we do in distant stars just so, so we, i could take yeah. over as the vocalist and one one of them we were doing shakedown street a dead cover and normally <laughs> we do this in the marsupials all the time it's one of our hot covers you know and uh yeah. ty couldn't sing it so he's like can you sing it i'm like dude i don't know the words man and so i just tried and at one point i was like sampling like bits of thriller like i sang i sang a lyric from thriller in there and i sang a bunch of just gibberish and i guess it wasn't that bad it's kind of funny thinking dude i don't know because a lot of people were like amazing show today me and tyler's in the car crying having a beer i gotta get into that that's that's the thing too is like i realized pretty early on when i was playing music that it absolutely does not matter what i think at all about what happened because every single person in the room has a different vision of what went down and usually it's great yeah because a lot Typically. of times they're not musicians they don't even know the subtleties I've, yeah i've walked off stage feeling like absolute dog shit and someone comes up to me and is like that's the best show i've ever seen and i'm like oh yeah i've had a lot a lot too and it's just like were you listening or yeah. were you just watching us whip our hair around or... right so i think it's we're hard on ourselves is what i'm saying but again like like i think that keeps us um thirsty for, yeah, to be better for sure. you know mm-hmm. if i if we've just played a show and everybody's like you're amazing and we're like we're amazing and we just (laughs) 
give you know, it five just, years. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> this, when we walk away from a show and a lot of times, um, our, our drummer, Al, he would film a lot of shows yeah, just to set up a camera in the corner. And I would go home and watch those. And I mean, I don't really want to sit there for like three hours and just watch something I just did. And, but I've walked away from a lot of those being like, wow, we suck on this certain thing. We got to fix that. I can't believe we ever showed that to anybody. And then like, wow, we're good. And this was like actually yeah. nice to watch. And I realized that we don't suck as bad as I think we do. And it, so, I mean, keeping yourself in check is super important. I feel like a lot of people don't do that. They'll either get caught up in, oh, we're amazing. And what a great show we had. And that was so cool. As opposed to being like, well, you know, I could actually, I could play my instrument better. Yeah. We <laughs> I could improve. sing better. I could. All, it's a constant journey to improvement. For mm-hmm. sure. I want to be the very best. <laughs> no one ever was. <laughs> I feel like I'm always really digging for that, re- like real critical criticism from people. So it's like, oh, what did they, you actually think? Rarely do they and give it up. I know. And, and I feel like, yeah, it's so valuable when people do because it is just one person's perspective right right? the only person who ever will dig in and give us real critical advice is like my dad or something but the problem with that is you know you're emotionally attached to him as a dad so then it kind of gives you a complex so (laughs) i'm just kidding but you know what i'm saying like he's definitely a person in my life who was always like yeah you know you kind of sound like shit when he's saying that and i'm just like oh okay (laughs) sometimes it's hard to take people's opinions at criticism at face value because if you understand that a person isn't really educated, uh, you know, if, if a person listens to one band their whole life and then they have criticism to offer, that's just from their perspective. And, you know, yeah. that's like a, yeah. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, you guys are playing music. Um, what do you love about playing music? What is it that keeps you doing this? I like the moisture. The heat. Yeah. Definitely, kind of the, the. Uh, <laughs> I I just it's my it's my meditation. It's the groove. It's, you know. I don't even know. It's okay, cooking. and it's a problem. I wish I could just do live a normal life. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he doesn't. I'm just kidding. No, but there's definitely some times where you know you're just sitting there like wondering like why and I don't know. I think I think there's just um. It just fails. There's this baby. It, there's yeah. It just feels good, baby. There's this inexplicable urge to create. And it's been like that my whole life. You know, I, whether it was before I played music and I just like wrote stories or drew comics or whatever. We need to be clear. There's literally nothing else that we could do successfully. (laughs) We are musicians forever. Yeah. I mean, I don't know, man. Like I said, there's just, it's always (laughs) been there and I don't know. I know there's definitely, we're talking about how it brings people together and all that stuff's obviously magical, but when I first was listening to albums growing up, that wasn't what brought me into it. It was just the sheer, I don't know. I was always into larger than life bands like kiss and like, you know, something that's a real spectacle. And you're like, you're all of your senses are kind of affected and just doing stuff like that. I don't know. I just like creating and making fake new worlds. And Mm -hmm. there's really not much more beyond that. I just like to create. Yeah. I feel like it's like our God given purpose like i feel like at the peak of why it's totally a pyramid of reasons why i love playing music but when i'm chicks when i'm playing a show that and we're on and everybody's on it feels much bigger than myself i'm channeling something that's far greater than me that will ever i'm meaningless and so is everything else but something is coming through me because of my 
guitar that's just amazing you know yeah i honestly feel that with with all art i feel like it is a i always hate saying it because i'm not trying to like make us sound like we're some something special but i feel like yeah, the yeah. artist does have an important role in the world to kind of take the abstract and the things from like the the metaphysical realms of life and kind of put them into a tangible thing you know art throughout history has always had that effect you know people maybe capture the the zeitgeist of the times in yeah. some in some sort of powerful piece or maybe you transcend by looking at this amazing like the you know the michelangelo like the rooftop thing he did you know where it's like you're right. transcended by seeing these beautiful things or you're looking at angels and you're kind of rationalizing things like that or i don't know i, I just think it's a, a really important calling and i'm glad to be be part of it i think everybody's a creator but People, yeah. people get shut down. Everybody's got at least three good songs in them, whether <laughs> they know it or not. <laughs> or, yeah, I mean, I think that, like I said, I think it's a God-given right you're supposed to create and continue on with creation. Like, we were created by whatever, and now we're alive, and we have the ability to take an idea and bring it into fruition. It's like, all art, really. Everything's Making art. Making a grilled yeah. cheese is art. <laughs> Especially mine, man. Yeah. <laughs> when you guys are touring, I mean, have you guys toured as... Not as distant stars. I mean, we've had small runs, and yeah. I mean, I've gone on tour with other bands before, but I mean, we we don't necessarily tour, but we travel all the time to play mm-hmm. shows all over the state. And then, what are you guys eating on the road? Are you guys just eating out, or are you guys cooking for yourselves? Or a lot of times, we're just eating junk, or uh, yeah, not even eating. <laughs> it's incredibly hard to be healthy when you're like off, you know, doing something. But we do stop, and I honestly, I kind of live like a rich person. And I don't know how I how I do it because I don't make that much money. But like I spend like I like to go to really fancy restaurants, get fancy drinks and wine, you know, farm to table. And like I like to really (laughs) splurge on that. And I don't know how I've been able to keep that up for so long. Is that your main expense? Maybe I guess so, man. But I also love to cook, you know, like we're at home. I mean, I cook all the time. Mm -hmm. We've been getting healthy at the band practices, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like there was a time instead of ordering a when pizza. we were in too much a good thing. I think I ate mac and cheese and pizza for an entire year, you know. But once I learned to cook, I was like, "Whoa, yeah, this is crazy." <laughs> so, dream venue, Madison Square Garden, Red Rocks. Red Rocks, totally. Okay. Or on a more uh, on a more like soon level, probably um, there's some really great, maybe San Andreas Hall or something, you know, in Detroit. I don't really know. I don't really think about it much. I just, I would, I would love to play like um, Bonnaroo and oh, Lollapalooza Glastonbury. and Glastonbury yeah. and those big festivals. Um, Pitchfork. That, those to me are some of my dream stages. <laughs> Definitely Red Rocks is so cool over Red there. Red Rocks is like. It's legendary. Yeah. I've been to a lot of shows at Red Rocks and every time it's the most magical experience ever. I don't know if you've heard of My Morning Jacket, but. Yeah. That's the best show I've ever seen in my entire life at Red Rocks. Wow. They played for two and a half hours took a 10-minute break, and did an hour-long encore. Wow. And all of it was interesting and good. And I was just, like, blown away. Well, so regardless of when you guys get to that level, because it could be sooner than you think, um, where do you sort of see the next five years sort of developing? Just keep recording, working together, developing your craft? Creating, developing the intricacies of our relationships within the band. That's really interesting because, like, we're all super different, Mm -hmm. except Jake and I. And uh, each each person has a personality and a taste that you know makes the pie. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah, it's all very it's all very cool. 
Yeah, I mean, over the next five years, I'd definitely like to see us traveling a lot. Um, five years, I'd really hope we're overseas by then, and we're yeah. doing red. Well, yeah. Red by red then, red. I would hope to, <laughs> by by five years, I would hope to achieve honestly the pinnacle of my career. Yeah. If I could have it my Same. way, I would like to already be like on the decline after five I, years. Yeah. So. And yeah, <laughs> Northern Michigan. What is it that keeps you guys here? Is this family? Is this where uh, you're from? Convenience. convenience. Yeah, convenience. Honestly, we grew My up here. Really cheap. Yeah, okay. exactly. <laughs> we grew up here. We have uh, our roots here, kind of um, family here. So we're in the process of moving to Grand Rapids. Yeah, oh, okay. I'll be moving there soon. Yeah, um, two of our bandmates already live down there, and I almost but, certainly will as well. But yeah, I mean, definitely, I love. I wish I could live in Northern Michigan. I mean, um, yeah. I feel like up here it's just, it's so beautiful. It's so, I mean, northern Michigan is comparable to out west, in my opinion, as far as beauty and just awe-inspiring things, especially the UP. I mean, I would live in Marquette if I yeah. could. I would I would live there years ago. But the idea of sustaining a living as a musician, you need more venues, you need more people, you need more. So we go south. So we go to bigger cities. And mm-hmm. again, I, I mean, I like pretty much anything i mean a city or a, I really the woods like Harbor but springs too I, that's where i grew up and went to high school and i know it gets a bad flack for being kind of a preppy tourist town but it's near to my heart for it's sure. beautiful you know yeah. but yeah i mean it's cheap up here it's yeah. whatever and we've just had a lot of jobs i mean i've been working a lot as a musician up here so yeah. it's like why what for for many years i was like why would i move mm-hmm. making my full living but at this point yeah, I could just totally stay here and play acoustic guitar at restaurants for the rest of my life and probably be fine. But I just I've done everything I possibly could in my area as far as gigs and whatever. So it's like to get to where I want to be and to to do the things I want to do, I need to get in front of more people and different different cultures of people. Because up here we have a more of a conservative and especially where I'm at, my town is very conservative, very With religious pocket of hippies, of course. Yeah. <laughs> but it's hard to like do crazy things when you live in a town full of just people who are just on the opposite end of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not that I like, I don't like to identify anywhere on that spectrum, but uh conservative people are definitely kind of generally the ones that are wanting me to put my shirt on and everything. Yeah. And not Makes paint sense. my nails. <laughs> They're also the people who probably need the most freedom. <laughs> So, I don't know. There's just that. I mean, uh, we're definitely kind of stunted by some of that stuff around here. So, let's go back to when your first inclination to start playing, you're playing your first show. Let's say you can go back and give yourself some advice before you get on stage. So, you're kind of going back to tell yourself. What what would you want to tell yourself? I wouldn't have listened. It wouldn't have mattered. I would have told myself to practice more (laughs) and to put in the hours. Because now I find myself wishing I had a lot more technique and a lot more, you know, technical skill as far as maybe playing lead guitar or um, even being a better singer. I mean, I didn't start getting serious about how to properly sing or how to, you know, do all those things and work on my scales and work on all that crap. So, I mean, I, there was probably like easily like five or six years where I was just playing like funky blues pentatonic riffs and like not Most challenging myself just do and, that all the time exactly yeah. so i would just definitely go back and be like dude just sit in your room play scales that's like all i work on I singing like, so i'm i'm happy with that but well another question that's kind of along the same lines is like what is one of the biggest things that has changed for you guys from the first time you stepped on stage to now stepping on stage what has been the thing comfort that, probably comfort yeah like i'm just like okay with it you know mm-hmm. it feels like home 
without necessarily changing more of just the con- the confidence in yourself yeah, yeah like i am totally at home on a stage now mm-hmm. whereas for like two and a half years you get like a weird edgy feeling you know mm. when you're in front of people but i learned how to channel that that nervous energy into like you know a positive thing which is cool people can feel that too i think that yeah home presence is what makes people feel comfortable right? yeah definitely well i mean we've been on how many thousands of stages you know right mm-hmm. <laughs> i just want like a side by side of you walking on stage you know <laughs> 10 years ago yeah now. i mean i guess now i would just say i probably am more pleasing to hear mm. um because back in the day like i said i wasn't i just you feel like you had that confidence starting out? I had, I had pretty good confidence. I mean, I was just excited and eager. I mean, definitely there's always jitters and there's always situations where you get up there and you're thinking like, oh, I'm not going to do well. Or maybe you start off kind of rough and you do get in your head and you are nervous. I mean, it's not like I was just super confident strutting onto stage when I was like in eighth grade. But I do remember in my first band in eighth grade, I was jumping around. I was getting on the floor, spinning around. I was doing moves. I was... So there was a certain degree of confidence in the performance, but um, like I said, just over the years, I've become such a better vocalist, a better musician. So whereas like side by side, I think that would probably be the biggest thing. It's just like singing on key, <laughs> I guess. I don't really know. <laughs> your Your question really reminded me of my first show ever. And you were like, what advice would you give yourself? And I was just like, oh man, I, I just wouldn't have mattered, you know? The person I was then would not have listened to anything. So. Well, what did that look like, your first show? It was actually at Beards, the old Beards. Um, I think it might have been 2013, and it was bad. It was was it bad. solo? That was a marsupial show. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Very bad. But Well, that's one perspective, path, right? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's well, the journey. I feel like... So I've, I've been to a few shows this year, and... When you see these musicians playing, you know, regardless of if it's you guys or another band, and they're playing to a really large audience or a smaller audience, some some bands do have the privilege of just getting off stage and doing their own thing. They don't have yeah. to immediately walk out into the audience. Um, what do you guys What do you guys do right after a show, or kind of what are you feeling? Like you're talking about a lot of energy leading up to it. Pretty much just talking about what just happened, usually. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we don't usually have the luxury of having a green room or somewhere mm-hmm. to chill. So, And also, being an independent musician, you do need to network. You do need to make connections. Yeah. You do need to mingle with the people. Make them go, oh, when I went to the show, they talked to me and I feel special. Yeah, Not that we're just we going out like there to just do that, mm-hmm. but that's kind of the thing. I mean, there if we do have a green room, sometimes I like to beeline it straight to that just to let the show kind of sit. You yeah. know, you, you end with the bang and then you disappear and it kind yeah, of gives it like this standing. breathing room and then you can walk out and mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's all, it's different all the time. I do I just I like that. I like to be able to come out. I like to go set up somewhere really early and then leave and then come right before we play yeah. like already dressed in our Same. show our show clothing and It's especially confusing for audiences and bars sometimes because we're setting up for two hours. We're making loud noises that sound like we're playing a show, but we're not playing a show. We're just checking. So then when we start playing the show, the boundaries are like muddled, you know, they'd be mm. like, oh, because yeah. we're just going, hoo, hoo, you know, like checking a mic and it's uh-uh. like, oh, that's not the show, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, generally after a show, we just hop down on, off stage and hang out with everybody for a while. Hug and... each other. Say great show. I love you, man. Yeah. Hang out with people. Uh, Have some beers. 
And then are you laying in bed thinking like, wow, I'm fulfilled? Or do you, are you thinking, like, depending on how the it show It just depends on the show. show uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, if there's, if we're sitting there going, man, I could have, I can't, I've sang like crap tonight and nobody cared, but God, I know. If I had a bad night, I'll have a couple more beers before I go to bed. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, honestly, no, I don't generally lay in bed and feel fulfilled because I just want to keep growing and keep evolving mm-hmm. and. It'll probably be like that forever. I mean, not to say there is no satisfaction. I do reflect a lot and say some prayers and give some thanks. And really, like Ty was saying today, like, we are doing it. And, like, you know, taking those moments and sitting back, it's super healthy to do. It's super good to be positive with yourself and and give yourself credit. But I like to stay thirsty, you know. So a lot of times when I'm laying in bed, I'm thinking about the next idea. I'm thinking about the next show. I'm thinking about the next single. I'm thinking about the next look. thinking about how we can be better, how we can blow more minds, how we can... You know, how we can be the greatest performers, you know, mm-hmm. how, how, what's going to make it great show here tonight. How can the next one just blow minds? You know, mm-hmm. what can, what, how can it be bigger and better? Yeah. And I think that's our nature, right? We want to always be improving. True. And so If you're ambitious. Yeah, for sure. Some people just resign, but. And I don't ever want to sound like, you know, I get so caught up sometimes in that, like being a person who thinks deeply and everything, I get caught up like. You know, I want to be the greatest. Then I sit there going like, well, that's not very like meek of me or whatever. Yeah. Like, what is my, why do I want these things? Am I attached to the worldly desires or whatever? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. But I mean, the way I see it is I already feel kind of whole in a way. Like I already get that nothing really means anything in a way. Like if I don't ever achieve something, I, st- I still just live in this big infinite void with all kinds of m- miraculous possibilities happening all over it. So it's really hard to like... I don't know, get caught up in that stuff, but you know, I do want to stay thirsty. I just always want to get better. I always want to mm-hmm. take this lifetime and make it into the biggest, craziest thing it can be. You know, I heard this thing recently that being born on earth as a human being is less like a hundred thousand times less likely. Like you could go to California and win the lottery 16 times in a row before you would be born as a human being on earth. Wow. And to be a human being on earth doing what they love, I'm sure is even half as much likely as that or way less, you know? So that's just amazing for us, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool to find what you love. And that's kind of why I was so excited to have you guys on the show is just to be able to talk about, you know, you found something that you love to do. You're going to be doing it long into the future. It's not so much about the money, but it is something that is just going to grow as you grow. Right. Right. And it has, for sure. We've seen growth. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I get worried, you know, because I'm getting older and everything, and I'm thinking, man, I should have maybe <gasps> have succeeded somewhere down the line or maybe done some things differently, or why am I still cutting my teeth at these bars and whatever. But, you know, like, I just that doesn't really matter, I guess. And, like, that, I get so caught up thinking, man, maybe I just, oh, you know, maybe it's time to do something different or whatever. But it's <laughs> like, how... I don't know. I think there's so much, um, the world puts so many labels on things like, like I'm pushing 30, I'll be 30 in a few years. And it's like, people think, Oh, especially the people I grew up around, you, they think, Oh, you gotta have a family. You gotta have stable career. You gotta have a home and stuff by then. So you get kind of caught up in your head. Like, am I, am I failing? Because I'm like, I have roommates and I'm just like playing guitar and like, got some gigs and like you know what i'm saying like Give me a gig. <laughs> kind of poverty stricken and like whatever but so it's so hard to like 
sometimes stay really excited and because you honestly kind of have to just like you got to kind of just be a weirdo and be outside of the normal thing of life to really succeed as an artist but also at the same time you want to have like a a life you know Mm -hmm. and like i i thrive on the spontaneity of being an artist because yeah i go literally insane when i have to do the same thing every day so like literally everywhere we go is a different thing you know yeah which is amazing for me that's just my person that's why i love like playing festivals and stuff it's so yeah you just wake up in your tent you go play and then you meet all kinds of crazy people you you know you it's hang really out stay up all night situation. like we yeah. like to party too i mean <laughs> we like to have a good time we're not yeah we're not gonna sugarcoat that one yeah <laughs> well it's fun to just hear a little bit more behind the scenes today and thank you guys for opening up a little bit of the veil behind the you know yeah. in the green room thank if, you so man. to speak right yeah, yeah. <laughs> I pull feel, back the curtain right exactly for our listeners for your fans out there what are some words of wisdom calls to action you have for people out there shut up and be love <laughs> that, that like just came out of you <laughs> the way you said that it was just like like you were speaking in tongues <laughs> shut up be love <clears throat> excuse me what did i say i mean he he pretty much hit the nail over there i mean uh try not to get try not to um take yourself or the world too seriously uh but also love everybody like yourself love yourself thanks again to ty and jakey for being on the show today if you want to learn more about distant stars or connect with the band be sure to check out the links in the description of this episode if you stick around to the very end we'll be playing the full song the alchemist and all other music was off of their album distant thunder Again, if you enjoyed today's episode and would like to support future episodes of the Saul Good Media podcast, head on over to patreon.com forward slash Saul Good Media. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Saul Good Media. And find out how you can support this show for the cost of a cup of coffee a week. You've been listening to the Saul Good Media podcast. I'm Solomon Harvey. Have a Saul Good week. Peace. Peace.